Today on episode 3 of 30 Days of Plight, I'd rather be watching Demon Knight, The Grave Robber is my favorite class, and Tribal Tattoos bring down George Clooney's bangability score to dangerous lows. <laughs> Welcome to 30 Days of Plate, your horror podcast where we review films randomly chosen from a popular streaming service, all determined by a dice roll. I'm your host, who will be legally changing his name to Sex Machine after this podcast, Jay Simba. So how have all y'all been doing? Uh, you may have noticed we didn't do a podcast last week, and that's because I live in New Orleans, and carnival season ended with our usual Lundi Gras and Mardi Gras celebrations. Which for me this year meant complaining about how cold it was while wrapped in blankets and playing video games. Not my intended plans, but part of moving to the deep south was to get away from the cold and instead it followed like a vindictive spirit, hellbent on making it too cold to do anything, let alone half-ass a critical film review of something. The break did give me enough time to get into some things for this week's horror hype. For starters, I finally stepped into Darkest Dungeon on Steam. Uh, now this is a roguelike video game where you assemble a party and attempt to survive runs against cultists, wine people, necromancers, and the like. Uh, you have a stress meter which is run similarly to the Call of Cthulhu RPG, and this will usually nerf you and give you an affliction such as paranoia, or in rare cases give you a buff to rally the team. It's worth it if you like things like the Soul series or any dungeon crawling RPG with eldritch elements. And a sequel was just announced, so there's more to look forward to with that series. Let's see what else we have. We've got uh, Jordan Pills Us coming out next week on the 22nd. If you're not familiar with it, there's a family that has to face an evil doppelganger version of themselves. Jordan Pills also doing a reboot of The Twilight Zone, which should be out soon. Uh, they ran a trailer for it this past weekend when I went to the theaters, and while it didn't have much content, I feel like the Twilight Zone is something that no one would just hand over to somebody without having full confidence in the person doing it. I'm also hoping there's going to be more new content versus rehash plots, because the trailer made it seem like some of it might just be old uh, scenes done again with new actors. Finally, Louisiana Comic Con is this weekend, out in Lafayette. I'll be there on Saturday uh, just as a visitor, but I'll probably be bugging CJ Graham, who you might know as Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. You know, it's, it's the one after the fake Jason Voorhees, but before Kane Hodder had his run behind the hockey mask. Now, let me ask you some questions. Do you like vampires? Do you like Tom Savini? What about Juliette Lewis? How about, do you like films from the mid-90s that don't age well in the harsh light of 2019? Well, if you answered yes to all of these, then today's review is for you as we're taking on the 1996 Robert Rodriguez directed and Quentin Tarantino written From Dusk Till Dawn. Now, alright, let me just say up front, 
I'm like 99% confident that Quentin Tarantino is just playing himself in this movie. He has a bunch of delusions, he's a pervert, kind of brings the whole mood down until he's gone. Seriously, since this film came out, we learned that he has a foot fetish. And while I'm not kink shaming him for it, I have to assume he wrote the whole Selma Hayek scene where he drinks booze off her foot and then sucks her toes. And that kind of pushes the boundaries of consent to me. Uh, she didn't know prior to that scene that he was going to go and whack it in his trailer after they filmed that. And that's gross. And he's gross. And yeah, he made movies we all like. It doesn't mean that we have to like him. So with Tarantino talk out of the way, From Dusk to Dawn wastes most of its time with the Gecko Brothers. They're a pair of criminals played by George Clooney and the aforementioned Tarantino that are attempting to escape to Mexico with a haul from a bank robbery. Now, the brothers kidnap a family with an RV and use them to cross the border where they plan to meet up with their contact in the morning outside of a bar known as the Titty Twister. Now, this is a fine, upstanding establishment that has Cheech Marin outside as a hype man just talking about the various types of pussy they have, including smelly pussy, which sounds fucking gross. It's like the Patton Oswalt bit where he talks about the spam email he got from a porn site, which lists all these different kinds of women they have until they get to the like one phrase of wide pussies and it becomes the biggest turnoff ever at the thought of it being so blown out that no one receives any pleasure from it. So this bar also has a baby Danny Trejo in it cause holy shit is he young looking in this. And he's tending bar, and then after the floor show, he and everyone else working there turn into gross vampires and kill everybody. Well, almost everybody. See, the only people that end up surviving are someone that I thought was Ving Rhames for a long time until I realized it was Fred Williamson. Tom Savini, who is known in this movie as Sex Machine. George Clooney, not known as Sex Machine in this movie, and our RV family. And those are the only people to survive for the time being. People end up getting bit, more vampires come, condoms get filled with holy water, and daylight saves the day for George and Juliet Lewis. Everyone else pretty much dies. We're treated to a final pullout shot of the bar actually being the top of an Aztec temple that was just below the ground. And as you can tell, I was less than enthused with this film. Once all the vampire stuff started happening, all I could think about was, man, I wish I was watching Demon Knight. Movie's so fucking good and bad. It wasn't really down for this mess. It was a lot of slow lead up to tits, foot porn, and then vampires. There's no real substance to this movie. It feels dated, and it feels dated in an awful way. The dialogue comes across as being written like a 13 year old boy attempting to be edgy by forcing offensive words into sentences rather than taking the time to learn what the edge really is. Speaking of 13 year old boys, that's who this film is for. It's a movie you have some sort of all dude sleepover that would turn into a night of self discovery the moment everybody attempts to J.O. to the topless ladies in the bar. Then you finish with vampires and explosions and you're good. Everyone is satiated knowing that they saw tits, someone will have new feelings to explore, and something blew up at the end. Done. And then there were multiple phallic references with Savini's cod piece revolver and George Clooney holding a weird piston steak machine like it's a huge erection. Fuck. This movie really is a teenage primer in self-sexual exploration. 
And they made two sequels and a TV series from this. Whatever, fuck it. Let's rate this. It's not Demon Knight. Not that the two are really related except for being horror movies from the 90s, but I would rather watch Billy Zane attempt to steal a key filled with the blood of Christ for two hours than ever have to see Tarantino with toes in his fucking mouth again. I give From Dusk to Dawn two copies of Demon Knight out of five, and that's really pushing it, and if Tom Savini weren't in this film, then, well actually no, I take it back. Tom Savini and Juliette Lewis weren't in this film, then I would probably never even fucking care about it ever again. And with that, our show comes to a close. So join us next week when we review 2017 Stephanie and our screener copy of the MVD exclusive, The Unnameable. That is if I can find it in my home right now, because apparently it is also the unfindable. You can find us though on Twitter and Instagram at 30 Days of Plight, on the web at 30daysofplight.com, and via email at 30daysofplight at gmail.com. For all of those, that's 30-D-A-Y-S-O-F-P-L-I-G-H-T. The podcast can be found on Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes. So if you're on iTunes and you like it, go ahead, hop over there, give us a review. Uh, it'll help other people find the podcast. And, um, you know, I'm glad you're liking it so far. Bear with us. I'm still, still kind of getting my pod legs i don't know what the phrase would be for that and it sounds weird but anyway thanks for listening and as always i'll be right back